Yo, before we get into this episode, I got some housekeeping to do. Uh, I want to give my shout outs to the Monsters Lounge Embroidery for showing love to the podcast. I want to give a shout out to Rebecca Budd, who I know through uh, Dalhousie and the Masters of Information Management program. She's been just great at supporting the podcast and uh, helping grow my brand outside of the creative community. And uh, I would like to give a shout out to Jacqueline McCullis. And also, I want to mention like, you know, special shout out to her because she's gone through some some challenges in the last few months. And she said the podcast really helped her deal with that. So that's extremely humbling. So thank you, Jacqueline. And then I want to give another shout out to Dan O'Brien of uh, Design North. Him and I have known each other for a while. We kind of work in similar we have similar client base and um he said he really appreciates like how uh vulnerable i've kind of been in some of these episodes so shout out to dan also i've got an event coming up i've got a couple of events actually so i'll be doing a podcast pitch competition well i won't be doing it i'll actually be a panelist in it shout out to me uh, it's part of Dalhousie Orientation Week. People will be able to pitch their podcasts to other podcasters and uh, we'll offer some feedback. And the biggest thing I'm mostly excited about recently is um, we've got an Art Pays Me live recording coming up. So me and uh, Allison Knott from uh, East Coast Creative Collective, we're collaborating on this event. And we're going to bring you two guests that are like superstars in the local scene. And that's Jordan Moore of Quarrelsome Yeti and uh, Elena Camille Simovic of uh, Elena Camille Creates. And um, they're both uh, super talented. And we'll do two recordings. They'll be split up into two separate episodes. Everyone who comes, they'll get a chance to ask questions you will get to be basically part of the show it'll be somewhat interactive and uh, you get to meet me and ask me whatever you felt like asking me ask Jordan stuff ask Elena stuff and uh, we're also putting together a pretty cool prize pack I'm working on a new sketchbook that I want to include in there we're gonna have some stickers and pins and good things from E3C and uh, yeah Tickets actually are $10 in advance. There won't be tickets available at the door. So you've got to get them uh, before beforehand. And you can get them through Eventbrite. So just uh, search for our event. I guess our pays me on Eventbrite will bring it up. And um, we should be good to go. Location. That's important. It's at the Foggy Goggle on Goddard Street. So remember, Foggy Goggle. September 24th at 6 p.m. This is when the door is open. September 24th at 6 p.m. Foggy Goggle. Our Pays Me Live. We're going to shut this shit down. Let's do it. And don't forget to vote for me for Best Fashion Designer in Halifax. The Coast Best of Halifax. Oh, um, votes are still open. You've still got some time. Don't forget to support your boy. Peace. Time for the show. What up, artists? 
my name is Dwayne Jones. I'm the creative director and founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. This is the Art Pays Me podcast, and I'm passionate about finding ways that people like you and me can make a living for ourselves off of our creativity. And, you know, maybe we can make the world a better place at the same time. Let's get into it. All right, so we're at Glitter Bean Cafe, Art Pays Me podcast welcome folks got uh trevor silver is it silver or silver yes, silver okay silver of trev clothing uh, welcome to art pays me um i've been following your journey for a while and just admiring like from a distance how like driven and all of that kind of stuff you seem to be and just wanted to chop it up with you to to get more information about your brand and what you have for the future and all that kind of stuff. Yep, yep. So Thanks. what is it exactly that you do? So um, I'm a designer and yeah. an entrepreneur slash like learner, I guess. I just work to build this business and hopefully I can sustain it for the long term. Yeah. And that's kind of what I do. I'm a student, business management. Um, and I've been doing this full time for the last few months. And it's been a grind. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to, what I've been doing. Okay. I remember we met last year. Yes. And I was, I was working part-time with Ceasefire. Okay. So it was a community initiative to stop gun violence. But then they didn't get refunded. Ah. So then I kind of been, I was on EI for a bit. And then I kind of been in a position where I was looking for work. But then couldn't find work. So then I was like, well, take it as a sign. Like, let me just go full-time with this. Or like, try to. And then I just been grinding it out, really. Got you. Yeah, like I, I, that makes sense because it seemed like you did kind of like take it to the next uh, level a bit. So like, why clothing? Man? So I always been into fashion like since like elementary. Like I remember, and it was kind of like my mom that put me into it. Like cause before, like as a kid, like I just wanted to play with toys and video games. But yep. then like you get like. Rockerwear. I remember I got this first pair of Rockerwear jeans in grade five or six, and uh, like I just go to school with them on. I was like feeling like I was the coolest kid in school. Yeah. And then like I didn't even listen to Jay Z until like university. So like I didn't even know like you know what I mean the significance of like his impact on the culture of Rockerwear in general. It was just the image for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So then when like I just remember that time, and then I wanted to just from seeing like other artists. Starting, their, starting clothing brands and having an impact and like just being able to create something. Like I, I, I always like, like to draw, I like to create and just like with the, the fashion, it kind of is like an outlet. Cause mm-hmm. like you can draw, you can make your designs, you can like basically create whatever you want. And then if people like it, then they wear it. And if, if, if they continue to wear it, then you continue to create stuff. Yeah. So that's kind of like what I liked about it. So it's like, yeah, that's kind of what I do now is like, I try to work very hard to make something that I like, yeah. but to make something that other people like so that we can continue to build the brand and like make it into something that we haven't seen before. Right. So are you doing this by yourself right now? Or yeah, you so mostly by myself. And then I got my friends and my family that help out. Okay. So it's like uh, Ernest Frazier. That's like my right hand man coming up from like when we were younger mm. and like me and him do a lot of the stuff together. So it's kind of like... I'm starting to realize that I need the help, 
So it's 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 like the I'm gonna start on like me and him do a partnership and like just build it together so that it's more than one hit, like you know what I mean? Yeah. To to build the to build the brand. Cool. What what do you love most about doing all of this? Is it more just like the creativity of it, or are you getting into the business side? Or is so it's like I feel like I love everything about it because like. I feel like the word entrepreneur, I love that, but then I also love the word designer. Like yeah. I love just being able to be like what I want to be. Cause yeah. like I initially wanted to become a lawyer. So like that was my plan in life, dream in life to be a lawyer. I was like, okay, I'm black. I'm coming from North Preston. I want to be able to be financially free yeah. and I want to be able to help my community. So that was like my mantra and my idea and what I have for myself in the future. So like I went to university, grinded it out, got to law school. Then I was like, do I really want to do this? Oh. And I was like, I was in, I was in law school. I was like, like in this like midlife crisis type thing. Like, yeah. what am I gonna do? And I was like, well, I'm already in a little, like I'm already in student loan debt. Um, this was my journey. Like this was my whole life. Like I started a limo business before because I drove taxi cab uh-huh. and I sold that once I got accepted for law because I thought law was gonna be like the end all to be all. Where'd you go to law school? Uh, Dalhousie. No? Oh, yeah. Okay. So then while I'm in there, I'm just like. Like, I know I don't want to do this, but I don't want to, like, cut that off because I know it's, like, a for sure thing. Like, if mm-hmm. I do this, get a job, work, get money, pay my student loans, and that was kind of, like, where my head was at. Yeah. But I was, like, saying to myself, like, but do I really want to do it for myself? Yeah. And then I realized, like, I didn't want to. So that year going in, like, going back, my grandfather passed away in September. Wow. So it was sucky, but I kind of used that as my opportunity to take some time off. So I was, like, uh, medical leave. So yeah, then, yeah when I took that time off, I was, that's when I was starting the brand up. And I was like, I was like, I know I'm not going back, but like, I'll still have it. So like, cause like maybe later on, like once I do the brand stuff, once I live my life some more than like maybe when I'm 50, go you back to know, school. Yeah. yeah. Cause like, I know Rocky Jones, he went to school when he was older. So it's like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how old you are, you can still go back. But it was just, let me grind this up while I'm younger and then see how it goes. And you know what I mean? I'd rather do what I love than to, do what I don't really even want to do, you know? For sure. For and that's sure. kind of the analogy that I had in my head. It's like the law school was like a uh, a girl that was like, for sure I could be with, yeah. for sure we're going to have a decent life together. But then the brand was like someone that I really wanted to be with, like a woman that I really <laughs> wanted to pursue, but I didn't know if it was a for sure thing. Right. And right. then that was kind of where the analogy was like, go the sure for sure. It's like the fork in the road is like, go the for sure road or go the road that has like unlimited potential, yeah. but it's not for sure. Right. And right. Like, that's kind of where I was at with it. But then I realized that from the beginning is like, people think that you just started a brand and it's like, oh, woo, woo, woo. But like, you have to learn the business behind it. You have to like interact with the people. You have to know like what the culture, you have to know like what it is you want. And I feel like as, you create, you, you learn, like you gotta learn, it, it, there has to be a balance and that's kind of what I started with. The first design was like, mm-hmm. I, I made that design literally sitting in class in law school. So it was like work, money, career, family, uh, love, friendship, and you have to balance to and succeed. And that's why it has that, that. so that's that's kind of a legal symbol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so it's the, uh, the scales of justice. Yeah. Yeah, so that's where I kind of got that from and then I kind of was like, whoa, when I first had that first design, I was like, well, everybody can relate to this. Like, who can't relate? Everybody yeah. has to work and everybody kind of has a family, loved ones, you know? Yeah. So then I was like, yeah, that could be a cool first design, but it's not a brand. 
like that that design wouldn't be a brand so then mm. i had this this was made like probably say five six years ago now Jeez. so like i designed this like just as like a logo for me because like my my best friend i was telling you guys about his name's ernie mm. and he had like a, a ernie design like the like the, the character yeah and then i was like oh that's cool so i want to get one for myself yeah so then i designed like a little treb logo with like just my name in it and then that's kind of what it was so then i had this but then i was like i need a logo for the brand so as i was trying to develop that i was like okay well I took the letters in my name, T-R-E-V, searched in the dictionary, like a bunch of words that either I strive towards or that like I like feel like I am. Mm -hmm. And then I found trust, respect, education, and value. And there was a few other ones that I found, but these ones were like the ones that stood out the most. Yeah. And then I kind of was like, okay, well, you need to trust yourself, respect yourself, educate yourself, value yourself, and others to succeed. And I, yeah. and I strongly believe that. So... <clears throat> me going with that to take the brand i kind of felt like okay maybe people might think this is like a corny brand because mm -hmm. it's like uh all about positivity and success and all this stuff because like most people i know they like when i try to like because I, I i aspire to be like a motivational speaker one day so like yeah. they're always like oh that that stuff doesn't mean anything like you know all that positive thinking or like stuff like that not everybody believes in it sure so like for me like i believe in this so i was just like okay well i just got to do this do what i believe and if it works it works if it don't then like i was got law school right yeah plan b now so then from there it was just that was the idea of the brand and i used that first design to kind of initially push it out yeah and like that was what kind of got the traction and then when i fell back with the actual logo of the brand people actually started liking that too so then i was like okay well maybe i'm on to something Ah, uh, so Preston, I was going to ask you where you grew up, actually. Um, seems like a lot of entrepreneurship comes out of that community. Would you say that's true? Uh, yeah, because it's kind of like where you're from is like you're kind of forced to be a hustler, mm -hmm. like in a sense, because the, what do you call it, like the lack of opportunity yeah. and like the lack of, not, and it's the lack of opportunity, it's also the lack of seeing other people in positions of opportunity like okay. we didn't see like for us coming up is like cliche for us to say like we seen pimps and drug dealers the ones that were seemingly successful yeah because they were the people that had stuff that had nice cats that had chains that you know what i mean were seemingly had wealth or money so for us like that's kind of what we had to look towards but then as and i feel like the hustle mentality just comes from like if you don't work, then you don't eat. Like, if you don't get out there and get it some way, somehow, then you're not going to, you know what I mean? Yeah. And that's kind of where I feel like for me, that's where I got, like, the, like the entrepreneur. I can't say that's the only place because my grandfather, he raised pigs. He um, he did, like, a lot of entrepreneurial type stuff. So, sure. like, running a running a brand is like an entrepreneur. It's like a, it's a business. So, like, he did that. And I kind of, like, he taught us about love, respect, working, balancing your family and Stuff like that, so that's kind of where, that's a place where I got that, and then my mom, so like I'm black and white, Yeah. so my dad side from North Preston, they're black, my mom's side from Eastern Passage, they're white, Okay. so like my mom's dad, he was also an entrepreneur, so he ran uh. a contracting company, so like seeing both of them was like, coming up, I always was like, I don't want to work for anybody, right. was like even, even a thing in my mind too, but like we also had to like grind and get it on our own, mm -hmm. so with the... Um, with the, like even going to law school, like I wanted to have my own firm. I wanted to build my own company. And uh, that was kind of like a, 
like that entrepreneurial heart in me, I guess. Yeah. And like I was like, since I I don't even know how to spell like entrepreneur off top. <laughs> it's a weird like, word, man. The um, <laughs> once once I was a kid and I learned that word, I was just like, that's what I want to be. That's kind of what you know what I mean. Mm. And and there's a lot that goes behind being an entrepreneur. It's not just owning businesses. You gotta know you gotta know stuff, and that's mm. where like the education and the branding comes behind too. Right. I, so I, I'm noticing a few things. Your brand, see, for okay, so for me, when I started my brand, I, had to, I went through a lot of soul searching and stupid stuff and figuring out the actual no, That's how I feel the same way for oh. me. It's like, the same, it's not, like, I make it sound like that because I probably done talked about it a lot, yeah. but it wasn't, like, as easy as it sounds. Like, I was ready to, like, I didn't know what to, I didn't know what to do. Right. But what I like, though, is you came to the vision early in terms of the TREV, the TRUST, and the acronym and all of that kind of stuff and tied that in. Uh, that is cool that you were able to do that so quickly. Um, and I like that. See, one, so another thing with me, I was kind of similar. My pops was a taxi driver. My grandparents on both sides were taxi drivers. And my grandmother and my grandfather. Mm-hmm. Except my, my dad's mom wasn't. But what I didn't realize as a kid was they weren't just taxi drivers. They actually owned those taxis. Yeah, which yeah. meant that they were business, business owners. And my pops would sleep in, get up whenever he felt like working. Mm-hmm. And he played music at night. I had no idea when I was learning. Oh, he's, he's running a business and setting his own hours. Yeah. While the rest of us are trying to do 9 to 5s and yeah. all that kind of stuff. So, um, it's even crazy, like, because I drove cab for, like, two years. Oh, uh, okay. But during my undergrad, I was, like, a lot of cab drivers, they'd be like, oh, we ain't making no money, but it's, like, you get to work whenever you, like, I was going to school full-time and doing it, so I yeah. wasn't really making no money, because, like, the rent and stay, like, the cab stand rent and stuff like that, but if you drive cab full-time, like, you can make money. It's just, like, with entrepreneurship, it's just, mm-hmm. like, with, like, a lot of, you see how a lot of people are popping up doing, like, the uber eats and stuff like that yeah it's like they're working when they want to work mm-hmm. and like when you can work when you want to work that means that you can kind of get paid when you want to get As, paid well yeah exactly you can dictate those hours like my dad knew like if i work this hour at two in the morning outside the bar i can get this amount of yeah. you know whatever like it, it, it's it's how you structure it right 100 percent, and that's kind of where like even for me it was just like there's so much things for us to do yeah but it's just you got to choose you got to choose to do it like for me when i went and did the the cab thing one of my young boys he um i think he's like 23 now mm-hmm. and he was like his father drove cab but he never ever saw himself as being a cab driver because uh-huh. he was like because like just how even before i became a cab driver, i was like why would i be a cab driver you know mm-hmm. yeah but then when i did it he seen me do it he's like well if he's doing it he's young he, I can do it too. So then he did it, and he'd been doing it for like maybe three years now. <clears throat> and he's about to buy a house soon. Like, oh, he's got two kids. Me. Like, you could create like a real life off of just whatever. Like, you know what I mean? It's yeah. Thing that you would never see yourself doing, then you do it. You're like, why did I not think I would do this? Or it's, it's not viable or something that is profitable. But yeah. It is. Yeah. So interesting. I saw you. Were you in China recently? Yeah, yeah. You didn't have factories. I didn't get to go into any factories because we were in a place that was like mostly tech, like oh, in okay. Shanghai. Yeah. So it was like most of the supplies that I know were like ten hours away and stuff. So I was just like, wasn't going there. But 
it was like a wicked opportunity. That's cool, man. Yeah. Was it with your school? So it was through school, but it wasn't through my school. Uh, it was through SMU. Gotcha. So like, they I did a few things with through, with, through them before, and uh, they just hit me up with this opportunity, and I was like, whoa, I don't got the funds to do this, but like, I'll try. Like, I, yeah. I tried, and then like, I was talking to my family and stuff like that, and my dad's like, whoa, man, we can make it happen. And then we ended up making it happen, and I went, and... It was like a eye-opening experience, like seeing how like the um, how China is like they seemingly in the future, like hundred yeah. percent. Like I was like I kind of like if I didn't have to come back and build a brand, like I would want to stay there forever. Like China's so great. That's one and like bucket list for me, man. I was even joking around with like a lot of people were from abroad. Yeah, and we were joking around saying like this is like the interview, like they're making this country seem so great, and like it's actually like a great country, like. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's great like all my stereotypes and all the stuff that I thought I can't even remember what I was because when I got there it was so such a great place yeah travel is so important man I got to travel to Tokyo when I was 17 and that was like bam, like dream same thing I feel like this is the future like yeah. people were using like devices I had never seen Bro. before it was we were, we were going to some stores <laughs> with, the, with Chinese people and like we had to give them money so that yeah. they could buy the stuff because the store didn't accept cash. Oh, jeez. Like, and there was a store that we went to that had, like, facial recognition, payments, right. and stuff like that. I'm just like, okay, Canada. Okay, Nova Scotia. Like, we're far behind right now, but, like, it, it was it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's it's, it's nice level on and the I, side. Of- I went to New York in February. Oh, yeah. And just to see how different New York was from Shanghai, like, like I tell you when I got back, it's like the subway in... Shanghai compared to New York, like you could lick the floor in the subway oh, in Shanghai. I felt the same way in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah. I was like, everything is so clean. Like it's like it's a big bustling city, but like spotless. Yeah, bro. I was like, what? And then like New York is like the subway. You met, you've been in New oh, York. Oh yeah, and you you can't even walk down the street without that. You don't want to touch the floor in that subway. <laughs> it's nasty. Yeah, but I mean, I love New York, but yeah, New York the, it's it is gross, man. I would never. If I drop money, I probably would like, it. <laughs> 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 uh, get the uh, the Purell or whatever afterwards. Like it's yeah. it's gross, man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I noticed also you have like diverse range of products. You know, you've got the hat on, you've got the chain, you've got the the T-shirt. So you're more than. I tend to stay more in the like screen printing embroidery yeah. you're, you're, you're seeing like you're expanding more yeah I try to like do everything that I feel like can um, grow the brand more so yeah. like with I knew that starting off initially t-shirts hats hoodies yeah and that was kind of like what I was doing and then a lot of people were like oh like when people say like we need this we need this we need this I'll take into consideration but it's usually like a little bit like sometimes they say I want this I want this I want this but then when so many people say something then you kind of have to offer it yeah. so like that's why I got into suits I got into slides I wanted to get into slides earlier like the sandals yeah. but the minimum orders are so much and like the cost is just high so I, just, I didn't end up getting into it mm-hmm. but I finally got into it and like people are loving them and Ooh. it's kind of like you you kind of offer what you want, but you also offer what the people want too. You it's know? a weird balance. Yeah, because and yeah. that's the thing about it is it's a balance because you can't just give the world what you want to give the world because the world doesn't want everything you want. Yeah. So you gotta kind of like balance it out. Like you give bits of what you want, and then they like make it tweak. Like that's why with the brand is like 
I love to just be positive and be motivational and stuff like that. And that's a part of me. Yeah. And then if people like that, then I can give it to them in the package that how they want it. Yeah. You know? And that's kind of how I, I feel like I've been able to build the brand because, like, yeah, that's, like, the message behind the brand, I feel like, is, is strong, but also that it resonates with the young people, the older people, yeah. and, like, everyone can kind of grasp mm-hmm. onto it. It's, it's like a, I feel like it's a good thing, and, like, yeah. my, my, yeah. Well, okay, so a couple of things, too. I noticed you're doing Atlantic Fashion Week this year. Is this your first time? First doing? time, yes. How does that feel for you? Is that a big thing, or is it just like, yo, whatever? Like, for me, like, I feel like nothing is a big thing after, yeah. like, like realizing, like, but it's not saying nothing is a big thing, but it's like everything is a big thing and nothing's a big thing uh, at the same time. I, I because, know exactly. Because I remember, like, when I, when I would meet celebrities or I would, or I'd give celebrities my gear or, like, I would just make like a a drop and like everything was cello stuff like that like in the moment like it feels good but like i remember something that someone told me probably like my first or second year in and they were like 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 i was saying like nothing like there's like there's no one thing that's going to be the next big thing for you like that's right there's nothing that's going to like i mean if kanye west wore my clothes and broke my website then yeah yeah. but like those things don't really happen so it's like you got to look at everything like it's the, like me and you meeting right now yeah. this is the same for me as the Atlantic Fashion Week right you know right, what I mean this right. is like these are the same like you, you look at everything as opportunities and what you can get what you can get and also what like it's not like the, the next big thing like even mm-hmm. you know Murder Beats yeah yeah so Murder Beats I met Murder Beats on last last weekend oh, and wow. like I ended up hooking him up with gear and then like it was the same feeling that I had like with, the, with this the same feeling I had with Meeting Ti, giving them the gear, same thing with the Atlantic Fashion Week. It's all the same. It's just work. You're, you're working, but you're doing what you love. You're doing what you enjoy to do. Yeah. Like even even to come here, I was like nervous, and it's like, yeah. you know, I, I like that nervousness because it, it it gives you that. I don't even know what, how to describe it. It gives you that to know that you're on the right path. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Weirdly enough, man. Like I'm. This is not. Socially for me, like this one-on-one interview thing, it ain't me, man. I I literally do it because um, I really want to, like, I have this mission, this specific mission, but, like, naturally, mm-hmm. nah. Like, yeah. I don't like meeting with people. I don't like... <laughs> That's crazy because, like, when I started driving a taxi cab, yeah. that was one of my motivations to tr- get over my, like, speaking to people. Like, I wanted to, yeah. like be able to talk to anybody like if I go somewhere I just want to be able to talk to anybody right and like through doing that it was like you get so many different people that you could talk to and like I just tried to talk to them and like have conversations and that's kind of a skill that I kind of built yeah. through that too is is the more you do it it's like public speaking like mm-hmm. I uh, I do Toastmasters okay. and I did my first speech like two months ago and I was like nervous so nervous I like basically read from the paper and people are like how are you nervous? But you're like you're on Snapchat or no social media. You can talk so good. It's like yeah, that's talking to myself, kind of to yeah. you guys. But like when you're with a group of people, it's like you're nervous. And I feel like the more that you do that, the more that you like you said, like you have these interviews, it'll it'll get us more open, and more mm-hmm. not feet like not scared. But I feel like we'll always have that level of nervousness a yeah. little bit. Yeah, for sure. And it, yeah, it makes you feel a little more alive in some ways too, yeah, right? Yeah. 
It's almost yeah. like, yeah, if it goes away, it's, it's not as fun. Um, yeah. And also, congrats, man, you and I, fellow uh, Coast nominees. Oh, yeah, Dirk, yeah, Dirk, thing. Dirk, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, I, I see what you mean, like, with stuff like that, like, I probably would have gotten so excited by all of this, like, three years ago, but then you realize it happens. Yeah. It comes and goes, it doesn't change your life. Yeah, it's like yeah. The, the ebb and that flow. Like, sometimes there's not too much going on, sometimes everything's going on, and I feel like finding that balance and not getting, like, I, I meditate a lot, and I read a lot about, like, just meditation and stuff in general, it's like, like, don't, it was saying, like, don't get upset with, like, someone, like, I can't even think about how it, how it went, but it's just basically, when things are going bad, don't be so sad, and when things are going so good, like, don't be so, like, crazy, because then it's like the roller coaster ride, but if you just yeah. enjoy everything, and just recognize and understand that, at the end of the day, everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. Like, long, long as we're still living, then right. we're good. Right. Cool. So, I, next, I see you've got a collaboration with the Peace Tournament. Yes, yes. So, like, what is, what is the Peace Tournament exactly? So, Peace Tournament is basically like an initiative to bring the whole community together. Yeah. And not just, like, so back when I was younger, probably like, I don't even know how old I was. I can just remember when I was like 13. Yeah. They had a black tournament. Yeah, I remember black tournament. Yeah, so it was like mostly black. Well, it was all black people yeah. in the tournament. So it was like a, but it basically brought people together through sport. Yeah. And now with the peace, with like the rise of gun violence and violence in general and like the seemingly separateness of like communities. Yeah. The peace tournament, it, it like brings the people together. But it's not just a black tournament anymore. It's like a, it's an all people tournament. Mm. So we're bringing the whole HRM or the whole, basically North America is invited to this event yeah. and is like in promotion of peace. Yeah. So like with a tournament in promotion of peace, you can't really have any like, well you, you can't really have violence or like stuff like that because yeah. this is what we're coming together for peace. Right. Anyone who's about that kind of action. Yeah. Like see you by like even yeah. last year like. The, the, the two because this is the third year and I just find like everybody that comes together is like it's, it's a loving mm. like the, the, we're coming together in harmony and it's, it doesn't seem like there's any BS so I, I yeah. love that about it and that's kind of basically what it's about bringing people together and promote peace yeah are you involved unity. in like organizing that? Uh, not in the organizing of it but uh, we just work together for doing, to do a collaboration and whatever we could do together really like I love working with my people yeah I love working with people in general I love collaborating and yeah. like I feel like collaborating is one of the things where like you learn so much yeah like, like yeah. even like collab like for you to collaborate with the podcast and stuff like that I was watching um uh, comedians in cars yes yes and yeah. like I just find how like when the comedians get together they can like it's like a cool community they grow together mm -hmm. and like we're fashion designers when we get together and we chop it up it's like the same type of thing yeah so it's like it's like just collaborating in general outside of like the similarities but then when we come together for people that are similar like uh i'm pretty sure you know uh peter yeah peter Hemsworth. yeah of yeah, course. yeah yeah yeah, That's yeah my guy. real good guy i'm i'm i want to do a collaboration with him yeah me too we're supposed to work us <laughs> yeah like I, i'm trying to do a collaboration with him so like if we could do that, it's because, like, there's just something about, like, the way that my brand, when I, when I can see my brand mesh with some, something else, yeah. and, like, we could make it into something that is, like, 
basically like if like you know Dragon Ball Z. Oh yeah, of course. Like if yeah. two people fuse together and then make a product, it's yeah. like that's and, it, and it's a perfect product. Like yeah. how Goku and Vegeta fuse and make whatever. Vegeta? Yeah, yeah. It's like that's kind of like what I love to see. Yeah. And like when your customers or your um, people can feel it the same way that my customers feel it. Yeah. And that's kind of what I seek to create when I do collaborations. Like yeah. with the piece, it's like I did the, I kind of used their font with the piece on and I yeah. made it multicultural because of the, the pieces, like the piece tournament, it's not the black tournament, it's the piece tournament, so yeah. it's everybody. And then that creates the aura of everybody involved. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just, you know. Is it like connected with Black Tournament at all? Like it's in the, in the same organization? Um, or? I'm not 100% sure. I just know that like the, yeah, I don't even know 100%, oh, okay. but I'm pretty sure the, the organizers are like Northwestern based. Ah, okay. So yeah, no, so, no, it's likely yeah. that. Okay, cool. Um, and they got like a board of directors and people like that. I don't really know too much. I just kind of work with some of the people in there. Right, right. Yeah, it looks it looks cool. I, I I'm getting old, but I still like to to hoop a little bit. Yeah, yeah. See, for me, like coming up, like I never played sports at all. Oh, really? Like it's crazy. Like even when like when I was younger, like I only played basketball because all my friends were playing basketball. Gotcha. And like when I got to a certain age, I was like, no, I'm not playing because I, I don't like that. I don't, yeah. you know what I mean? But I I understand it. I wish I kind of enjoyed it more as a young person because then I'd be better and then I could play now. Cause now when I play, I just play for like exercise and then like sure. shoot around with the boys. But you know, when I was younger, I didn't know what, what exercise even did for you. Oh, just sure. we were here having fun. Yeah, yeah, cool. So, what is the? Um, oh, you know what? Actually, I want to dig into that collaboration bit a bit more. In terms of well, and this is a more of a general question, like that I sometimes struggle with. I think I'm decent with the no but like the pricing situation how do you figure out like what works for you in pricing and like so when it comes to pricing i find like well whatever the, if if i get a, like if it's merch or like collaboration mm -hmm. depends on like because this is merch for like a collaboration for an event yeah. then the price wouldn't be high like yeah but the cost wouldn't be that high either so we're just work i just usually work it based on like the cost of the cost yeah and then with the products that I sell is I try to get the highest quality like the highest quality that I can get yeah that's what I try to get so like that's kind of why some of my prices are a bit higher but um, the pricing I find is just is it's weird like it's, you know it's, it's, it's super weird but it's like I'm just trying to think about it. Like, cause I feel like if I would have came out and I would have sold Gildan hoodies and Gildan yeah. t-shirts, then my brand could be way, like, and this is just like in retrospect, you don't really know. Like, I feel like my brand could be way bigger right now because then the price would could have been way cheaper yeah. for like the consumer. But the fact that I got high, the highest quality that I can and I try to work on getting the highest quality, it's like, people complain about my prices. Well, that's why I was gonna ask. And it's like it's you complain thing. about my price, but they're selling um, stuff in Foot Locker and these other stores for the same price, if not more. Yeah. And the quality is not even as good. So like, uh, I can't really argue with you because 
it's either you want it or you don't. But that's kind of where the the, the like this discrepancy comes, where it's just like. But that's also where you got to stand your ground too. It's like if people want your product, but that's why you also have to work so hard to make really good products and to make stuff that people want. Because if not, then they're gonna be like, oh, well, you're trying to charge me the same much as Jordan or Nike. And then, but to me, my stuff is better than Jordan and Nike. Right. Exactly. Like, and my, my stuff actually means something. Like, what does Jordan and Nike mean to you? Right. You know. Right. And then it's like, not to like bash them. It's just to say like. I mess with Jordan and Nike, yeah. and like one day hopefully do a collaboration with them. Sure. But it's the when people from where you're from or the people that know you, they feel like you're not basically. They're not saying your product not, like they're basically saying your product ain't worth yeah, the other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So then it's like for me, it's like I like when they do that because it gives me motivation to like keep working hard and making better products. And like I got a thing that's gonna drop either September, or October. And I knew it was going to be the hardest sell for me to make because I'm doing collections of like trust, respect, education, and value. Uh, okay. So I already did the trust, I already did the respect, and I'm on the education. So like for me to make education, and I don't just mean school, I just yeah. mean like reading books and educating yourself, Knowledge. collaborating with people, yeah. you know what I mean, mentors, like that's just, you know, so like with the education, when I knew that was going to be my hardest sell. Yep. So what I did was I just worked extra hard and marinated with it and then worked on the design and then I feel like this is going to be my best design to date mm. but I always feel like that but I feel like that this is going to be like uh, a staple for the for the brand that's going to be like like teachers and stuff are going to be able to wear this like yeah. the coolest kid in Absolutely. the school is going to be able to wear this so it's like the um like that, that was my kind of take on it and I knew that it was going to be the hardest sell but I knew that I had to put the work in for this one, and that's mm-hmm. kind of. It's but, one of those ones where you feel like it's it's just worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Hundred percent, because like I did the trust, and then the respect. But like I really liked the respect one. It was like so I did the respect, and then it had respect going in reverse. Yeah. So it was like you got to give respect to get respect. Yeah. And kind of like if you look in the mirror when you have the shirt on, it still reads respect. Uh-huh. So because it's in nice, reverse. Nice. Dope. Yeah. Dope. Cool. So like, I've I've dealt with similar situations it's like people will quickly give money to a corporation but then you know the dude from the community they're like eh. yeah and that's fun that's where it's because the corporations they already got validation they even got validation from like not even like even if people didn't buy the product they got the billboards they got like that just gives them like when people see that stuff they're like oh like that's a real brand like people don't necessarily look at our brands like they're real brands until mm-hmm. They're real brands, but they can't become a real brand until, right. you know what I mean, we get that, you know what I mean, the, the, the community or the people rocking with us, and that's kind of what what it takes. And like even for me, it's like, I put my heart and soul, like everything into this, and I never got nothing out of it. Like people see people with the clothes, and like, they think I got money. I and know. like, they think my rent is paid. Like, <laughs> it's, what is it, the 19th, and the rent is not paid. But it's like, yeah. people think that, Oh, because people have your product and or whatever, and then, then sometimes for yourself it makes you think like, am I not like a good business person or am I not this because I'm not able to do this at this time or it's like, but you gotta realize like if you're doing something on your own, you how are you gonna you know what I mean have the ability to do any other stuff mm-hmm. like you can't like I can't go and 
buy a house right now. I can't yeah. go do none of that stuff because I'm grinding. I'm working towards my dreams, basically. And and I'm kind of fortunate that I didn't have any kids or I didn't yeah. like do any of that stuff because those would have been my responsibilities. Yeah. And like for me right now is like my responsibility is like okay, well, I want to build this brand. I want to become. Uh, I kind of want to become like a fashion icon. I want the brand to become like, like, super big. But I also want to get there so that I can have kids and I can do this other stuff. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because I don't want to go back to law school and I don't want to do that. So it's yeah. like, it's like either do this or go back to law school and then do that stuff. Right. So it's like me building towards my dreams, having the vision, keeping the vision, and continuing to learn and add to it because a lot of what I understand is like you have to learn like there's so much mm -hmm. stuff that we kind of missed coming up that we didn't learn that we didn't like like I started I didn't start reading and educate myself till I was out of, univers uh, out of high school like uh, a cool teacher she caught me in grade 12 and she like believed in me she yeah. motivated me she told me like you should go to university you should try it and then like that's the only reason why I actually went to university wow. so it was like there's no plans of like oh you're gonna go to university like my plan was to finish school and go work for my grandfather in his construction company. And then uh -huh. it's just like, or do other street stuff. Yeah, and right. then it was like, but for me, like when I was in my first year of university, one of my best friends, he got murdered. Uh -huh. And like, that was for me, was just like the shift of like, okay, like the, 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 there's no, you can't change the streets by being in the streets. No. Like you can't change the, 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 the mentality from being in the streets, but what I'm able to do is the people that I was in the streets with and the people that know me from in the streets, they could see what I'm doing now. They could see me in school and like, like the super younger generation, they don't know, but like the people that are my age and like younger, they could see like, we can do other stuff. Yeah. Like we could go to school, we can start brands, we can like do all this other stuff, like drive taxi cab or like start a limo business. Like we can do that stuff. And that's kind of like one of the things that I like to, I want to like, that motivates me is the, to be like be this be the change you want to see in the world Absolutely. and That's it's kind of me too man yeah like it's kind of yeah. like with the like i want to be the person that i never had coming up like yeah. when i was saying who we were looking up to wasn't the best people that we should have been looking sure. up to but that's kind of what we had and yeah. I want to be something different like I wanted to be I wanted to be the black lawyer from North Preston that mm -hmm. the young guys could be like I want to be like him when I grow up yes and like yeah. that's kind of like I, I'm I passed on that plan or whatever but now I want to be the fashion designer or the entrepreneur that the young people want to see like because yeah. there's a lot of people from like where I'm from right now that are that is like kind of getting recognized for their the good stuff that they're doing and it's yeah. like for me it's inspiring and it's like just looking and seeing people doing other things is, is inspiring but we don't always get to see that because coming from like the, the bottom I guess you mm -hmm. look and you can only see certain things well I, I find that interesting too like my wife when I the time I met her she was teaching at uh, Nelson Wanda actually and um, some of my friends have taught at Nelson Wanda as well and the big takeaways that they always had from that was like there's so much talent in this community that people are not acknowledging on a bigger level. Mm -hmm. So it, I, I find it great that people like you are coming out with Lindell and a host of other folks that I've seen around like singing and um, doing this stuff in the creative sector 
uh, and entrepreneurship too. Like I just got my driveway paved uh, from by uh, Preston. Company. Yeah, yeah. So like, who was it? Who was it? Uh, Carlos Simmons. Okay, nice, nice. So, uh, yeah. So um, there's just a lot, a lot uh, that we aren't seeing, and I think that's why I was also dri- um, drawn to you. And uh, I'm gonna have um, Family of a Frame on the podcast too mm-hmm. because I like that you guys are. Two black dudes just visible. And you know what's so crazy? Uh, Me and him, we did a collaboration two years ago. Like okay. probably like we were at a year into our brands, I'm pretty sure. And then we linked up, and it was just so happened that my dad and his dad are best friends. Oh, you guys didn't even and know. We didn't even know. I didn't even know his dad <laughs> had a son. That's how crazy it was. I was just like, what the hell? That's crazy. And then it was like, um, what was it? Uh, and then we, we linked because we linked up and then we like worked together and then we found out uh, and I was okay. like what this, this is crazy it was like and his dad was like like you didn't know like his name's Alex and like I'm like because his, his dad's name's Alex too and I was like I was like putting two to good because I didn't believe him at first and then I was like oh shoot that's crazy so then, yeah so then me and him been, been tight since and it's just like just seeing like the evolution of him and me and like all of us it's just mm-hmm. like I love seeing other people working because it makes me work. And yeah. then when I'm working, I know I'm motivating other people. And that's yeah. kind of like the, the cycle of it. And I remember one of my little brothers, he was saying to me like, you know, you know, you work so hard, like it's gonna make other people work harder too. And I was like, that's the whole point. The like, point. you know? Cause like if we, we elevate each other, then we can elevate to, to the next levels and stuff like that. And that's kind of, for me, it was just like, yeah, that's, yeah. Okay. so. You mentioned what you have next. Is there any like big thing that you have coming up that you want to talk about, or is, did we cover all of that already? So, big thing would be I'm working on getting a store. Okay. So we're, right now I'm working on finishing my application for like seed and uh, BVI, trying to get my trying to get some funding. Have you like, worked with any of those organizations? No. Before? Like I had a meeting okay. like a few years ago with seed, but I never ended up submitting an application or anything. But I just kind of felt like, okay, well, I'm just gonna grind it out the mud, you know, mm-hmm. I don't need any help, whatever, whatever. But then I'm realizing that like, you can't do this on your own. Yeah, like, similar year. Like, cause like, <laughs> like, it's crazy because like, you look at people and you say, think like, oh, that company's successful, oh, that company's this. It's like, that company has access, that company has funding, that company does, you know what I mean? Like, I'm zero broke, like my credit is, is decent, but is maxed out because of school like yeah. you know what I mean so it was just like what do I do do I go to them and get rejected and then what you know what I mean or do I just grind it out the mud and then I was like okay well I'm just gonna grind it out the mud but what I'm realizing is that in order you can't just be like okay I'm gonna buy this hun-. like in my mind mm. I thought like okay I'm gonna buy these hundred hoodies sell these hundred hoodies be able to buy 200 hoodies but, it but no way. it doesn't work like that mm. because you got expenses you got marketing, you got like all this other stuff yeah. that you didn't think about before you started your business because it's a business. Yeah. And then through like, so through the funding, I feel like that'll be able to take me to the next level. Mm-hmm. Like it'll be, a, cause I want to get a store open before the end of this year. Oh. And like, that's kind of my, the okay. big thing is like from here till December, sometime in between, I want to have a store. I have like a few locations in mind, but it's, like I, I kind of know 100% that I'll be able to sustain the store. Yeah. Because if I'm already getting like the customers that I'm getting now by not having a store, when I have a store, they can browse, they can they can see everything that I have because 
you know, everything that I have is not on the website, you know? So like, when someone comes into a place, they can be like, oh, well, I didn't see this on the site, but I want this, so they yeah, can get you, it. Do you find your sales are better pop when you do pop-ups and things like that? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Yeah, so too. like, what I try to do is, I do pop-ups and collaborations, because the collaborations, like, what I found when I was doing the collaborations, is you're not alone. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the things that it kind of took away from, like that I that I got it from it is like doing all the stuff by yourself is, is sucky. But then when you do a collaboration with someone else, it's like you're together. So like you're working together. Like you got a, basically a team, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's kind of one of the things that I love about doing collaborations is that I'm able to teach and I'm able to learn. Yes. Yes. And and like that's that's kind of one of the one of the key things yeah it's like when you're not promoting the brand someone else is promoting it and it just keeps coming going yeah because like say for example like the the collaboration i did with me and cunny yeah we did um so i had the balance success design he had the family over fame design and we put the family and fame in the scales yeah and we made the the uh, family away the fame Mm -hmm. so it was like super dope collab and it would just like work perfectly yeah and then we ended up getting the, the the shirts and then we just split them up 50 50 he did his thing i did my thing so it was wow, kind of like okay. but this was before i did a pop-up we never i never even did a pop-up before that but if we were to do another collab it's like we do a collab and a pop-up so that you bring your people i bring my people mm-hmm. and then we all are people yeah like we're together and yeah. like that kind of is one of the things where it's like you're you're working toward the bigger cause mm-hmm. Do you ever struggle with like discontinuing a certain design or deciding to keep one permanently? That's what I'm struggling with right now. So for me, I find like my OG balance success design is always going to be like my OG design, but I feel like the sales determine what's going to be forever and what's going to not be forever because like that's the that's the um like I feel like that's the underlying factor, but before this year, I never really, I wasn't able to track everything. Mm-hmm. Like the only thing I was able to track was like how many things I got, but now I kind of keep track of everything that I sold, the prices, all that stuff so that the evolution of the brand can become an actual thing. But mm-hmm. when it comes to like the analytics and like the sales and when you know what seasons, what sells, what, you know what I mean? Yeah. That allows you to like take that information and provide the people with what they want and what season they want it in and when mm. you know and that's kind of but discontinuing I find as you grow up like because there's things for for me like when I first started doing the pop-ups I wasn't going to ever do pop-ups mm. but this is when we were getting laid off yeah and um, I was like well I kind of got to do the got pop-up the so then <laughs> and then I did the pop-up and it went so good I was like I couldn't even believe how good it went so I was like okay and then the thing about the disc the stuff you were talking about discontinue because there's stuff that i was like oh well, i'm not gonna get those again but bro i got a sale rack and i got a regular rack everything was like they wanted the sale rack and the regular rack and i was like why is that rack even on sale people are coming here that never even seen this before and they're like i want that Mm -hmm. and they don't even know that it's on sale right but i gotta give it to you for a sale because it's on the sale rack and i made it a sale rack but people are seeing stuff that they never seen because they never had the access to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, and that's kind of where the, like the buskers for me mm. was a thing that made me realize like, this is not a black brand. Oh, right. It, like it is bigger. It's yeah. much bigger. Cause so like for me, it's like some, 
some of my white friends or some people that I know be like, oh, like that's a black brand, like I wouldn't wear that or whatever, whatever. And it's like me going to the buskers and selling it to like probably I say seventy percent white people. Mm-hmm. It's not a black brand, if yeah. you know what I mean. And for me, like I never ever wanted it to be a black brand, but people try to because Naturally. you're black, they try to put it in there like this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is an urban black brand, you know. But yeah. if I had a white face, yeah. then I wouldn't. It wouldn't be a black brand. Right. It'd be like a streetwear or like brand. Yeah. And then that's why, even for me, like when I do pop ups or stuff like that, you kind of have to, you like have white friends working with you because mm. if. You know what I mean? Communicated that it's not a black brand, or not, not, not to just communicate that, yeah, but like but. I remember the first I went to a trade show in Moncton, mm. and this is where, like when I got shamed. So like it was like first trade show. I'm thinking like I'm always super optimistic, like I'm selling everything. Mm. But we get there, and then like one friend, uh, I don't know if you heard of Winter Circle. Yeah, yeah. He, they were out there, and he that was the only thing I sold to my friend. I had, mm. and like there was other people that were coming by, and then one guy was like. Um, he said, oh yeah, my friend's into FUBU. I'll give him your contact oh, info. <laughs> and, it, and that just made me realize like the perception of what people see is that it's a black brand. So mm-hmm. with that is like, I don't want them to see like that. I want my brand to be seen as like a, I would say Supreme, but like, you're kind of, yeah, Supreme. So I want mm-hmm. mine to be seen as a Supreme, but with meaning, mm-hmm. you know? So like that's kind of, and when I do like, um, I did, Probably like a month ago, I did like one of those um, monkey surveys or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, survey monkey. Survey monkey. And like, I got like 100 entries and they actually said that like when I asked the questions, they were like, we see this brand as like Jordan, Supreme, Babe. Like mm-hmm. out of like 100 people, they were right. all, like a lot of people were like seeing it how I see it, how I want people to see it. Mm-hmm. But when I was talking about earlier about like the... The, the corniness aspect, I didn't want my brand to be seen as corny because we have the values, like, you know what I mean? But mm-hmm. that is not seen. Yeah. Like, it's that was just, in, but yeah, it's just. Yeah, so that was like the idea from when, when I was first down, I was kind of hesitant yeah. because I like this and because I want to promote positivity and good values. Not everybody's going to like that. Yeah. Not, like, you know what I mean? People, people shut down like positive thinking and like motivational speeches, speaking and, and stuff like that all the time. But mm-hmm. the fact that it's cool and people see my brand as those other brands, that's where I'm on the right, I feel like I'm on the right track and I feel like I'm presenting it in the right way. Yeah, I, and I, you're, you're absolutely right because there are people who mess with you that I didn't expect to mess with you mm-hmm. both times. Like they say, hey, have you heard this, this brand go trap for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay. So yeah, the, the reaches, and again, like I was, I'm in the same, I'm similar like in, in the book that I got the sense that you weren't trying to be that niche brand, mm-hmm. but I could see automatically that I knew people would um, would peg you that way. Uh, and it, it is challenging. Yeah, because like, even for me, like I don't know if I'll take like, flack and stuff for this, but like I know that being in Nova Scotia, the statistics, like, and this is just from even, because like, I had younger cousins and older cousins that wanted to be rappers. And I'm just like, the, the 2% population is black here. You realize that if every single person bought your album, you'd still be broke. And like, that's why it's like, you can't try to, like you can do niches and you can, like if you have like, I don't know, like a, a black hair salon or mm-hmm. like, a, you know what I mean, black this, but 
there's certain things that you can't create and build how you want to build it if it's only like specific to one race. Yeah. Like if you're like, okay, I want to open up a, a Chinese clothing store. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's not that many Chinese people here. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's, it, whatever you make, I feel like you have to have it inclusive. Bro, I, I, so I'll tell you, like one of the first fashion shows I did, I've always from day one been about inclusivity in my one way, mm-hmm. uh, about like keeping as many ethnicities, size, shapes, all that as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been criticized for not having enough black models or having too few dark skin models. And then, but on the other hand, I've had people give me props for how many I had. But my reasoning was always intentional. It was like I never wanted to just have black models, or if I did, it was just completely coincidence. Yeah, but a lot of people get wrapped up in that. But you can't really get wrapped up in it when you see the statistics. For us, it's like we go to Dal. I go to Dalhousie, and you go in the classroom, and there's like two, one black person in the class right. out of thirty or out of a hundred. Yeah. That's just the, just the statistics. Right, like, right, yeah. if you have ten people in your thing, two people black is the, the, the statistics of the society that your target market is. Yeah, you know, it's like, for example, like we're in Nova Scotia, ninety whatever percent is white people. Mm-hmm. So why would you have a commercial? with all black people mm-hmm. like people have to be able to see themselves in your product to buy your product right like they can't be like like and it goes both ways but like if you're trying to target to black people you can't be like oh well, these are all you know what i mean mm-hmm. all white commercials to the black population because they're not gonna feel it. they're not gonna see themselves in it it's like mm-hmm. for me when i was talking about coming up from another person it's like we got to see people in these positions in order for us to reach them or we have to be able to take our mind to another place and see these people and be like, okay, well, I want to be like, I don't want to be these people, I want to be like these people, I want to be like Kanye West, I want to be like Jay-Z, I want to be like, you know what I mean? And then we're able to create ourselves from the, the mentors or from the people that we see, but like, close to us, we don't really see, like, with, you know what I mean? Like, um, like there's, there's, there's black people now just coming into these positions. Sure. Like Lindell in, in the, um, in the government and like Lindell in the in the NBA and it's yeah. like these things are allowing us as the young black people that to see themselves in different positions and be able to become like so many people from North Preston came up wanting to be in the NBA but the opportunity wasn't there for them or they wasn't you know what I mean they mm-hmm. you can't be something if you can't see something like mm-hmm. I feel like now that Lindell did that Oh, we're going to see a bunch of them. Yes, because they're going to be able to put in that extra work. They're not going to be like, they're going to be able to believe in themselves. And I feel like the belief in yourself is the thing that gets you to wherever you want to be. Yeah, and he's going to be the example of how much work it is. Because I think a lot of people might have had the raw talent, but didn't understand how much work Work, it actually takes to get to that next level. Even even for me, like I've seen so many people that wanted to be basketball players. They tell you that they want to be in the NBA and it's like, Bro, if you want to be in the NBA, you ain't fucking playing Call of Duty every day. Like, you ain't sitting on Fortnite. Yeah. Like, you ain't talking to 10 girls. Right. Like, you're in the gym every right. day. Exactly. Like, like, I don't know him, but I'm, I can guarantee he's in the gym. Like, you got time for fun, but you got time. Like, if you want to really make a groundbreaking thing, you got to, like, set, you got to put the time in and the work in. And, like, yeah. even for me, it's like, people are like, Oh, like all you do is work, or like you know what I mean, and it's like, well, it ain't gonna work if yeah. all I'm doing is not work. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. having fun, but I'm creating my life around my work. Is 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 what it is. It's hard, man. 
it's hard. I'm, I'm in the family zone, so I try. I, 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 when I first started the brand, I was hitting that point where I started to resent my family because I was like, they're competing with my brand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's, it's a raw mentality to have, really. Yeah. But now it's a long ways to structure it better so that. that this is their time. Like that vacation, I said, like, I'm not going to be, uh, you know, I'm going to check my emails here and there, mm-hmm. pop on social media, but I was glad the internet was trash because yeah, it yeah. just forced me to like not even think about any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I do also realize that if I don't put the 100% effort that I can into it within those set hours, no one's going to, it ain't going to get done. Yeah. It ain't going to get done for me. 100% and I, I like how you said that is like, you, you got your work. And then you have to structure that time for the, the spouse and the kids because, like, mm-hmm. even for me, like, I got a godson. Mm-hmm. My friend that passed away is his, is his son. Uh, okay. And for me, I try to spend as much time with him as I can. Yeah. But now that he has a stepfather, it kind of, like, for me, it took, like, the, like the burden that I had and the, his stepfather is such a great guy. So it's mm-hmm. like, for me, it's like, even if I'm, if I can't be there all the time, yeah. I know that he's good. And I'm kind of feel like I'm blessed that I didn't have any of my own kids because I don't have that obligation. But for him, I just, I try to see him like every weekend that I can and just be there for him and do what I can. And that's kind of one of my like greatest, like it's like I have a kid, but I don't have a kid. And it's like one of my greatest joys in life besides the brand and like Mm -hmm. my family. And then I find those things ultimately help and influence sometimes like when your mind is at ease and it's just focus on non-design stuff and non-business stuff. And it's even, even with him, it's like, I'm still focused on this because <laughs> what me and him are going right? to do soon is we're going to do a collaboration. Yeah, there you go. So, like, he yeah. can draw like a motherfucker. Yeah. I don't know if he can curse on him. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, like, he can draw. So, I was saying to him, like, maybe we'll make a shirt. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, yeah, he really liked that. So, like, what we might do is, like, get a couple shirts just for me and him yeah. and then do, like, a like a collaboration in the future. So, like, yeah, yeah I feel like that would be, like, cool for him to see that he can like and this is so crazy because when I was the the dream that I had of being a lawyer was like I wanted him to be I wanted to be able to hone him to be like a lawyer too oh okay and but I mean he gotta do what he wants to do but he likes to draw he likes art Mm -hmm. and that's what I like to do so like now we're like on the same page for real like even so that that's kind of like if I can help cultivate his creative spirit in that way then that's what it'll do and I feel like that's what it takes sometimes we can find the belief in ourselves, but a lot of the times it's someone else believing in us. And like, yeah. that's like the, cause for me, I wouldn't have went to law school. I wouldn't have started my brain if it wasn't for the teacher that was like, you know what? I mm. believe in you. You know what? You could do this. You yeah. got what it takes. And then boom. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy. You shout out Miss Ryan. She goes to uh, CPA, I think. Or she teaches at CPA. It's like a bit for now. Okay. But like she taught at Cohaber High where I went. All right. Shout out. Shout out. So, where can people find your clothing? So, uh, mostly online, and we do pop-up shops like every month or two. Yeah. Like maybe every month, I could say now, but like, yeah, just online. And, and oh, we'll Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. Like, if you DM us, like, we'll reply and like, mm-hmm. we'll meet you if you want something. What's the ad? I'll, I'll put links. Oh, after everything is Trevor Clothing. At Trevor Clothing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, got got the uh, got the memo. Everything's same everywhere. Yeah. Um. Man, it's been a pleasure chopping up with you. You, uh, you're more inspirational than I thought. Actually, 
the media person that we um, were on at that construction thing, she was really like blown away by you as well too. So the which one? That when they asked us about the construction. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. When oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, yeah, props to you and congrats on the uh, coast nomination at Atlanta Fashion Week. Yeah. And um, we're getting it. Yeah. Congrats to you as well. Thanks, man. Pleasure. I think I appreciate you bringing me here. I appreciate being able to share my story and like open up and like evolve with you and talk. Cool. Thank you so much for listening to the Art Pays Me podcast. Thank you to Langey Beats for the theme music. If you got anything out of this show, please rate, review, and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. The more you do this, the more reach the podcast gets, and the more artists I can help learn to make a living at what they love. If you want to know more about what I do, hit me up at rpaysme.com or at rpaysme on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. See y'all next time.